You have reached the voice message box of Norm Augustinus. So not far from my house, I've talked about this, I've, I've reached ground on this, I've broken ground on this, whatever they say. Not far from my house, now I live on a hundred acres in upper northern Michigan, and abutting to my acres is state land, state forest, Michigan State Forest. All of Michigan, at least two-thirds of it, is nothing but woods, rivers, trees, swamps, sand dunes, quicksand, and dense forests. That's most of Michigan. Then when you go over the Mackinac Bridge, you've got the Upper Peninsula there, and it's even worse. Don't go there. Don't go there. The McDonald's are different. The hot dog places are different, if you find one. The donut shops are all independently owned. Don't go there. You won't like it. Unless you're willing to take, give your, a lot of sacrifices, make a lot of sacrifices. Don't go up there. If you're good-looking like me, you could be raped. That's not a joke. That's not some cliche thing. That's what happens. That's what can happen to you as you're driving on a fucking road for nine straight hours, one single road in the middle of the woods going nowhere. Then look at that shop there. It says they sell donuts by some guy named Elmer. Yeah, go on in there. Eat Elmer's donuts. Take your life in your own hands. Hey, look at that. The world's tallest fucking tree, and there's a ladder inside of it. You can climb the ladder and go to the top of the tree and look out over the fucking view, which is nothing but more trees. And a tree's liable to fall over. Look at that. Go inside that upper peninsula. You don't really want to go up there. Stay in the lower peninsula. Just as wooded, just as nice, but much more educated people. So, headstand Monday is in every Monday at this private school where I live. I live on 100 acres, abutted to my land is state land. Now that private school is only about six fucking air miles, six nautical miles from my house. I just get into my ultralight aircraft and I fly in my ultralight aircraft on headstand Monday to the school. But I first outfit my ultralight aircraft. I have two sprayer heads on it. They're sprinkling heads, just like you'd find in a yard. I've got a 12-volt motor, a 12-volt pump, a liquid pump, and i got a receptacle thing with other hoses. And I have been pumping off, and i got a half a gallon of my cum. My cum, I pump off, I save my cum, I put it in a half a gallon milk container, and I put it in a refrigerator, and I save it for headstand Mondays, and I do this now. I've The weather has changed. I do it every Monday. It's fantastic. I take my cum, I put it in a half a gallon container, milk container, I put it in a fridge when it's full, I take that half a gallon of cum, I walk onto my ultralight aircraft, I pour the cum into the receptacle, this container that's connected to a 12-volt pump. It's powered by a 12-volt motor. And 
I now have it connected to the sprayers, the sprinklers, and I drive over, I fly over on my ultralight aircraft, this private school. Why would I do that? Why, for what reason, you'd say? Well, headstand Monday at this school, they do headstands every Monday. It's an all-girls fucking private school, and they're in a uniform, little short uniform. And headstand means they're on their head. They're on their head, 50 chicks, on their head in the back of the school. Their legs are spread. There's their drawers. There's their underpanties. Half of them don't have underpanties on, by the way. I know I take long fucking range pictures. I do reconnaissance because I was in Vietnam. I learned this shit. I was in Vietnam 18 months. I look down and I see all their fucking panties. Now, when I'm looking down at their panties as I'm flying above them in my ultralight aircraft, it's called a ridge runner. I pimped out the engines, a two-cycle engine, bigger pistons, bigger rings. I changed the carburetor. I put different gauges on it. I even had nitrous oxide at one point, which causes the RPMs to go up. You let the nitrous oxide go. It goes into the cylinder. It burns off, and it creates kind of a more horsepower, quicker engine for a short burst. You can't lose it a long time. You'll burn the engine out. Gets super hot. But I have done reconnaissance in my ultralight aircraft, my Ridge Runner, for headstand Monday. I've got binoculars, I got telescopes, I got night vision, and I fly above that and I look down on headstand Monday and there's 45 or 50 chicks standing on their head with their legs spread. And would you, it's an exercise they do there every Monday, headstand Monday, every Monday. I look down, would you believe that half of those chicks there don't have panties on and the other half the panties, the area where the beaver is, where the crotch is, is snatch. It's torn out right out of the panty like it took a dick. It's just torn out. And if it isn't torn out, it has a Velcro strip there that all I got to do is pull the Velcro strip over and take the dick with their panties on. I mean, nobody wants cum dripping out their cunt. They have to have some kind of panty on, regardless of what they tell you in the media and you see fucking stars doing or singing, regardless of all that bullshit. But Headstand Monday has really turned out to be a boon to to me, to Norm Augustinus. I fly over this fucking school. There they are. They always have music booming. They're on their head. Now, what is wonderful about a woman on a headstand? A, their legs are spread apart. B, there's their fucking cooch, their hooch. There's their snatch. You can see their thighs. You can see them go from little to fat as they connect to the torso. A chick is just a pod. If you took away their legs, cut their head off, cut their arms off, they're just a reproductive pod. That's it. Kind of interesting if you look at it that way. Kind of interesting and fun. You can pass that shit on to your friends. But what's really specially interesting is that their legs are spread and their tits are kind of sag backwards in holding them up. Well, if you were to do a headstand as a man, you could only have your head on the ground and you're balancing your head with your left arm and your right arm, your left hand, your right hand. There's only three parts of you making fucking contact with the surface to give you this ability to do a headstand. But a chick, she's got her left hand, her right hand, and her head holding her up with her legs spread, the legs in the air. But now she's got her two big flopping whoppers, her fucking cannons, her bazookas, her watermelons, whatever you want to call her fucking jugs. There they are, they flopped over, and they're holding her up. It's like she's got two additional legs, two additional appendages holding her up. It's exciting to see this. It's exciting, and it's extremely innovative the way I do what I do. Very few people, maybe nobody in the fucking world, 
will fly over a school with a modified ultralight with a cum pump, some fucking yard sprinklers, some hoses, a 12-volt motor, will fly over a school, turn that pump on and pump that cum out as he flies over fucking headstand Monday over this private school. That's what I do. It's really refreshing. I feel invigorated. I feel like a different person. Now, I have a platform because I can put my ultralight aircraft, I can put it on fucking autopilot, and I have a platform that I can stand on, and then as the plane is flying, as I'm cum-dusting their cunts from a 2,000 feet up in the air, 1,000, 2,000 feet in the air, as I'm cum-dusting them, not crop-dusting them, as I'm cum-dusting them, I'm standing on a platform and I'm beating my meat and I'm blowing a fresh fucking trail, this big stream of cum down. One lucky winner down there is going to get your correspondence cum. Norm Augustinus. NormAugustinus.com. Head over there now. Give big, motherfucker. Donate. Give till it hurts till you're financially fucking really struggling. What's my thing at Twitter? At, at Norm Augustinus. Head over there now. Do all the shit you're supposed to do. Whatever's supposed to go on. This is a private link there. I've got naked pictures there and shit. You can look at those as I'm whacking off. That's a private link. You can go there. You can pay to see the whack happen. Private links. Go there now. Go there now, fuckstick. Run. Go quick. Burn it all up, the internet. Whatever you're using, just get over there. Find a way. So it's just incredible. Headstand Monday as I'm cum dusting these young chicks cunts. You're going to say, well, what? <laughs> How could that be good for anything, Norm? How does the cum get in the hole? Because I just told you, half of them don't even wear panties. The other fucking third to two thirds don't have panties on, but the area where the cunt is and the bunghole, the brown eye, the stink star, the area where that is, it's all torn on from previous dick entries. Then there's the smart ones that's got Velcro strips on their fucking panties, and that is so that they can take the dick. They can take the dick. I don't know if you know this or not. I don't even know if I should tell you this. The skill I have. When I was in fifth grade, I helped my fifth grade teacher in class. When everyone else was on break, I put a new tampon in her cunt, and I learned what a woman was then. I put the tampon in. She asked me for help. And as I was screwing the tampon in, there was a mix of vaginal lubricants and her period. I learned a lot that day. So she was lubricating because she was turned on, and she was having her period. She was dropping skin and sheaths and eggs and whatever the fuck else comes out of there. She was doing all that. I learned how to put a tampon in a chick's cunt at an early age. It was set in stone then. I have that kind of skill. Why did I say that? Because I have that kind of skill. Can you say you have that kind of skill? Can you say you've ever done anything like that, fuck stick? No, you haven't. You have any kind of thing to draw from like that, like I do? I can draw from endless fucking days and nights, from things I've been involved in. You can't. That's why you're listening to me. You can draw from it now. Imagine putting a rag in your sixth grade teacher. She'd always look at me special in the class when I was sitting there. It was heartwarming. It was like a fucking mom. I couldn't fail for nothing. The person that took care of the fish tank, that was me. The person that cleaned the fucking chalk off the chalkboard was me. The person that cleaned the erasers, that was fucking me. The person that dumped our trash cans into the big bin outside, that was me because I was special because no one else in there had any contact with my fifth grade teacher's cunt. This is just background stuff for you to understand about me, about your correspondent, Norm Augustinus.
Chick wrote me once and said, I didn't know your fucking name till the end of the recording. Well, I thought it was on the artwork. Norm Augustinus, imbecile. Now go make a complaint. Go cause some shit. Go change something. So I give you that as just a little bit of background. Very few people have ever changed a tampon. Very few people know how to put a tampon in a chick's cunt. Now, since I said that, and since I'm so good looking, I'm going to get all kinds of bitches now write me and said and say this. They like me to put the tampon in their cunt. Can they come over to my house, which is in the middle of nowhere on 100 acres? A, you can't come over if you're a fat fuck. I don't want you. B, I watch where my cum goes and the type of person it's going into. That's B. C, I don't want all kinds of fucking races. I just don't want it. I have to be selective in what I do with my cum. I don't want no fat whore with all kinds of curve and cottage cheese asses. I just don't want that. Send me your picture if you're on your rag and you need someone to change it for you. You think it's sexy, a rag fetish, I might consider it. But not, not until I go through all kinds of fucking things in my head, go down the list of ifs, ands, buts, or nos, or maybes, and try to make sense of it myself. So headstand Monday at this school. The ultralight aircraft is all set. It's incredible. The pumps are going. The sprayers are going. I fly over the school. I've got wind detectors. I've got fucking cloud sensors. I got all kinds of things on my ultralight to make sure that my cum goes point blank. And you know when I drop my cum, they act different. They act funny. They start acting funny. They start acting loosey-goosey as they're walking around. They don't know why. I'll tell you why. Because they just drank in atomized cum. Fresh atomized cum from a guy 3,000 feet up in the air. They just fucking inhaled my cum. They're feeling good. They feel like they've been fucking, only they weren't fucking. They're covered in cum. Like the way I leave most of my women after I'm done fucking them. Covered in cum. That's no lie. I am literally covered in cum. I've had chicks I've had against the wall that we put them against the wall and I fucked them all night. In the morning, there's cum that's dried that looks like icicles hanging under their armpits, hanging from their earlobes, hanging from their fucking chin, hanging from the ass cheeks because the cum will drip and drip until it gets thicker and thicker and the air dries it out. I cover chicks in cum. I have sex with them, unlike you. Making love to my bitch. <laughs> Loving you is like fucking, I don't want this endless fucking pleasure. I don't want this to ever end. It's endless. It's, it's unending pleasure. That's you. This is me. Bitch. Fucking vomit on you, fuck. Is I'm puking on him while I'm fucking because I'm so overwhelmed if, with what I'm doing, imbecile. That's how I fuck. You're into that kind of fucking? Send me a fucking, send me a goddamn, uh, what do they call it? Telegram. Send me something. I don't know what it is. Just find a fucking way and send it. It's somehow there's got to be some way. Send a message. So I'm flying over the school on headstand Monday. I just adore it. On headstand Monday. All these chicks with their legs spread. They stand up, they're acting funny, they seem free. I've helped them, they've helped me. And even the fucking supervisors and the students and the teachers, the older students standing there, they know that something's changed. There's something happened. There they are, there's this chick with a master's degree and her teaching certificate, and she's walking around the fucking schoolyard where they're doing headstand Monday, and she's sniffing the air. Why is she sniffing the air? 
She can smell cum. She can smell her destiny. She can smell what she is. She can relive, go back to the fucking day one a time. She can relive it and be it again. I smell cum. Where is it? They're looking for dick. They're walking around looking for dick. Did you know that women, they scratch or snatch up to 300 times a day? 300 times a day. I've never seen no chick scratch or snatch, have you? Not ever. I've seen a chick scratch or snatch when I had fist fights with bitches and threw sand at them when they were naked and I kicked them out of my fucking house and the sand hits them in the eyes and the cunt and everywhere else are naked and the tits. I've seen them scratching their cunt then. You never see a chick scratch or, scratch their cunt. 300 times a day scratching their cunt. And why do they scratch their cunt? You won't even know this. But I know it because of the experience I have. I know it because of the fucking unending reams of information that I have. I've been collating. I've been collecting dry erase boards, chalkboards. I have it fucking all. Years of information since I was 15 fucking years old in books and books and books. These blank books, reams of information, tablets. And they're all at my disposal. I know it. Why are chicks scratching their snatches 300 times a day? You don't know this, but I do. It's because of this reason. Now, be careful with this shit. Be careful with the information I give you. If it gets out, people will try to come over here. They'll try to copy whatever it is they think I'm doing. They'll try to be like Norm Augustinus, which is impossible. They'll try to be like me, go out there, and they think, well, I've got, they're nothing. They ain't never going to be nothing. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. They're not going to be anything. Same thing I tell you, you're nothing. So they scratch their snatch up to 300 times a day because the hair on the snatch connects to the root. In that complex root of a female's pussy, this pubic hair, it will release pheromones when they scratch their cunt. The more they scratch it, the more pheromones are released. Pheromones draw in what? It draws in dick. It draws in the dick that they want so very badly. It draws men in supermarkets all over the place the best thing a chick could do she doesn't know this because of the social mores the folkways the taboos when she walks into a store she's not going to hit your crotch in there but the best thing a woman could do is when she's walking down fucking aisle 69 is to scratch that fucking cunt because by the time she gets to aisle 70 or fucking 68 she'll have a dick in her ass while she's bent up against fucking count front chocolate cereal frankenberry whatever it is because she's been itching her snatch, her cunt. She's activated the cunt. She's released the pheromones, and it's dick time. It goes down to fucking another aisle. I don't know what it is. Aisle 68. She's not quite there yet. Another aisle, another aisle. Wherever she's at, she could get dick. She's in a doctor's office. So she would fucking let up, spread her legs while she's sitting there waiting for some quack to do whatever pill he's going to jam down her throat for the magic cure. While she's sitting there, if she'd itch her cunt, the pheromones would come out, and four of the dudes there would excuse himself with her going to the toilet there and fuck her brains out. Now she's cured of whatever was bothering her because she's lonely. She doesn't have a dick. She's not swallowing fucking handfuls of gum, which she needs. Scratching their cunt 300 times a day. But it doesn't seem ladylike, does it? You're walking down a hall, some chick's been scratching her cunt, and you don't know why you got a boner, and you go into your fucking apartment, and you whack off, but some bitch, she's just left fled the scene. She caused that. It's a hit and fucking invisible run, wasn't it? This stuff isn't jokes. 
This isn't a fucking lark. This isn't a stage play. This isn't a comedy act. This isn't some fucking script coming from fucking Dimension Films. For fucking, It's nothing like that. This is reality. This is reality, and I'm trying to help you the best that I can before I die, unlike what you do with me, which is no help whatsoever. It doesn't fucking matter that I get 150,000 hits on these fucking recordings every goddamn time. You just figure, I'll figure a way to pay for the server. Eventually, it's going to go like this. Did you hear that? Then it's a server switch shutting off, and Norm Augustinus is home getting all kinds of pussy on my own with less responsibility towards some dummy like you. Say that with all the love in my heart. One time a chick wrote me and she said, I don't hear love in your voice. Love in your voice? Bitch, there's 3,000 abortions a day in America. You got three fucking restraining orders on going right now. You owe 150,000 grand. What the fuck do you know about love, you ugly fucking skag, you bald-headed idiot? Dying the shit out of her hair, the hair gets thinner and thinner. What are you talking about? It ain't falling out. Get the fuck out of here before I drive a fucking knife right in the middle of your head and down to your throat. So headstand Monday. Wow. I feel good. I stand on my board. I whack off. And they're all down there reaping the rewards of atomized cum like a perfume sprayer. All down there. It's on their thighs. It's on their panties. It's on their fucking hair, their face. And there's some lesbians there in their fucking class and they're kissing in some toilet. These students, they're drinking my cum. And that's good. <laughs> I mean, that is good. And I'm standing on top at 3,000 feet, 2,000 feet. You don't want to go too high. But you don't want to let them hear you either. People always look up when they hear something. I hear something. It's always a UFO. It's never God coming. It's always a UFO, even more impossible. I hear something. It's going to be UFO. It's never God. It's always a UFO. I hear something. Look up. There it comes. I see something. And they don't ever get afraid of a dick coming at them, do they? The UFO. A dick coming at them in the night. Some bar. They found some back room. They got there. It's a 10-inch dick, and it's going in their ass. Why aren't they afraid of that? They don't know the guy's record, his background, his work history, his savings account. Here comes a dick. I'm not afraid of that. How can a bitch not? How could a bitch be afraid of anything? If I thought a dick like that was coming at me in the dark, I'd be scared shitless. And so would you. Sitting in your bedroom, all the doors are locked. There's a fucking silhouette of a dude there. His cock looks like it's 19 inches long. It's the first night you met him, and here comes a dick, and it's in your mouth, then in your asshole, then in your cunt, then jammed between your tits and stuck in your ears and up your nose, but you're not afraid. And I'd be afraid of that shit. That's what you're dealing with with a bitch. So don't say, geez, Norm, I don't understand that. I mean, flying over schools, releasing your cum, it's atomized, pumps and sprayers and sprinkling sprayers and you're flying around in your fucking ultralight fucking airplane above schools i don't i'm not sure about that your bitch had three abortions your bitch owes 150 grand in bills and you're gonna pay for it your bitch has probably killed someone in a hit and run that's the truth you don't ever want to smell the seat of a chick's car especially if it's a jeep it's had multiple owners and they're all bitches and they own that car velour seats and a bitch has owned it repeatedly don't ever smell that seat that pussy will knock you out eventually to crash that's what most of the crashes are from 
Guy buys a used car. The pussy vapors are coming out the seat. Crashes into a telephone pole, a tree, a block wall of a bank, or an ATM. He doesn't know why. She knows why. He did it. She did it to him. Headstand Monday, man. That's where it's at. I can just see it. Have you ever seen anything like that? Have you ever been 1,500 feet up in an ultralight aircraft, a two-seater pimped out, and looked down with a telescope and looked down, and these chicks are on their head, balancing on their head, their big floppy melons, their second and third appendage that's holding them up like a tripod. There they are. Their legs are spread, and your cum has left the fucking ship, the airplane, and has actually fogged the air as the cum is dropping down. It looks like fucking a fire up in Canada. It gets so foggy. What is that? What is it? Look up there. It's so foggy. The teachers are there. That's just the fucking... That's the fires in Canada, dears. Darlings, go back to doing your headstand. Exercise and fitness is where it's at. It's not that at all. It's Norm Augustinus' fucking load. It's my cum. I'm cum dusting right now. <laughs> That was me doing my fucking load blow as I'm flying around. That's how I sound when I come because my whole body almost goes inside out and comes out my fuck stick when I come because that's how, how deeply into it I am. I come back with the ultralight aircraft. My tank of cum is empty. My half a gallon's been blown. I land on a beautiful one-acre piece of manicured grass that I keep specially maintained for my ultralight aircraft. I land and I weakly walk back into my house because I've had multiple orgasms, unloaded my cum, the prop stops, and I feel good. Headstand Monday. In fact, I think that's what this is going to be called. Headstand Monday. I want to talk about something. I'm going to kind of move on a little bit. I don't know if I can fall. I don't know if I can move on about it. I'm starting to pop a rod right now. I'm starting to pop around. You should go to some fucking podcast right now that's actually making a fucking profit. They got to know what they're doing. They got to understand what they, they understand life. They're working it. They're controlling life. They're doing well. They're fucking making money in a podcast. Can you imagine? Everything they say is agreeable. Everything they say is what you want to hear, and they're getting paid for it. Just re-fucking-iterate, reiterate what they believe. Reiterate that, and you'll be paid. Don't give them any original idea, original thoughts. Never give them that. Never tell them what really they are. Which is shit. Just a bag of shit. I want to talk about something. Something that was really traumatic. I'm thoroughly warmed up. Something that was traumatic, something that I didn't expect to happen, something that's changed a lot of my viewpoints, certain areas of my life. This isn't a joke or anything like that. Something that happened to me this past week, which is probably why I didn't get this recording out on Friday. I can't always get it on a Friday, especially during a holiday. But something happened changed my view a little bit, shocked me, and maybe I'm lucky to be here right now. Maybe I'm lucky to be alive. I've done a lot of stupid stuff that I, for some reason, don't see it as stupid, but someone around me will say, what are you doing, Norm? That's dangerous. And then I afterwards see that they were right. It is dangerous. Why did I do that? 
Shut up! Why did I do that? I don't know why. Like inserting tampons and things like that. It's a bloody event, but somehow you get closer to the person. Like, I was really close to my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Smith. I was really close. When you insert a tampon into a hole and pull the old one out and the blood's gushing all over and you can see fucking eggs kind of flopping all over the fucking desk of a kid's desk and her student, her teacher desk, it can change you. But you do grow. In anything, there's something you can take from that and learn and grow, like I do on a regular basis, like I'm trying to pass this on to you. So something happened, and it happened on, I think it was late Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday evening, and it went on to Thursday night. I think it was Tuesday. It happened Tuesday evening, and went on to Thursday. Tuesday through Thursday. That's right, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Something happening so horrifying, so scary to your correspondent that, let me adjust myself here, that I, I really, I really negate, I really ran this through my mind and said, can I tell these people this? Can I talk about this? Is this something that could get you in trouble? Should I re- do something else or talk about something else or have like a coffee clutch and just let it go by and forget about it. And I decided, no, I can't do that. So I'm going to tell you what, what happened. And I hope I can say it in the best way possible that you can understand this because I know the kind of person you are. I know what my audience is. I have to be extremely simple. I have to be extremely condensed. Four or five word sentences. I use the same four or five hundred words in every fucking recording because I know what my audience is. I understand them fully. Snap on tools, Sears Craftsman tools, fucking shingles they put on the roof themselves, the fucking dog shit in a doghouse, a garage that they got a snowblower. I know my audience really fucking well. So here's what happened. On Tuesday or so, I say around Tuesday around noon. Now I know it was around noon because I usually smoke, I don't know, six or seven, I, six or seven joints. I smoke. I don't smoke fucking pre-rolls from some dispensary. I make them myself. I got nearly four bricks of Pinconning Paralyzer. It's 97% THC. Pinconning Paralyzer, the only place you can get it is in Michigan. Can't get it any fucking where else. And I know when I take my fucking weed break, when I take my fucking joint break, my whatever it is, my skunk break or whatever you want to call it, weed, whatever, I know what time it is. It's always around lunch. And right around lunch, I'm smoking down weed, and I put a piece always on the frying pan. I got a frying pan my mom used to cook on, all the Teflons nearly peeled off, big sheets of the shit she was feeding me, and she tried to pretend she was like putting shit in with my scrambled eggs, but it wasn't anything added to the scrambled eggs. It wasn't capers into the scrambled eggs. Like she said, it was the fucking Teflon, and she was hoping that that shit would kill me, eventually kill me, turn me into a fucking paraplegic, some gooey disease of the brain, what they call gooey something i was gonna get some shit like that but it didn't happen i outlived her and i fucking won but i have that pan today and whenever that pan's on the stove i turn the stove on the burner under it i throw a big chunk of weed on it the weed starts burning and smoking up the place i know what time i do it and it must have been right around lunch or one o'clock and at that time there's a knock at the door and on that knock at the door i look out this this, this door that i have and i got a special way i can look through this viewer 
because I right next to that in a box it looks like a Kleenex box. It's made out of cedar. It's not really a Kleenex box, but you can lift the lid. The lid even has the Kleenex that's sewn into the top, and it looks like Kleenex, but it's fabric that looks like Kleenex. You can open the top, looks like a Kleenex box that you'd put over, you know, cover box that goes over Kleenex, a Kleenex box for decoration, decorative purposes. And inside that I've got my Glock. And in that Glock, I always take out when there's a knock at the door. And there was a knock at the door. I took the Glock out, opened up the fake Kleenex box that looks like a Kleenex cardboard box that is inside a decorative cedar box. And I look out the peephole and there's a bitch out there. Now you always have to be careful if there's a bitch at your door. You always have to be careful that there's a chick at your door. You always have to be careful if a chick approaches you in a supermarket parking lot. You always got to be careful if a bitch approaches you and you're some drugstore parking lot, some pharmacy, some chemist parking lot. You have to be worried about why they would be approaching you. Only thing a woman wants, remember this, is money. She wants money and that equals freedom. They want freedom and money and they go together. The dick is actually third in that in that thing. They'll turn the dick in a part of that recipe because it might lead to freedom and money, so they'll add the dick in too. you got to be careful when there's a bitch knocking at your door. That's why I have the Glock. I also have a couple other guns. Just bought a really incredible gun. It looks like a or weapon. It looks like a square block. It looks square like a tiny candy box. Only you can pull it apart and it turns into a gun and it's made out of plastic. It shoots two bullets at one time. I just adore it. Just love it. I sleep with it all the time. I've had it in bed with me. I've put it next to my bed. A bitch never knows what it is. They think it's maybe holding jewelry. They'll try to open it when you're unconscious to see if there's any shit in there that they can steal. But I just really think this gun is a marvelous invention. You should look it up. It's a plastic thing. Shoots two fucking bullets at one time. It kind of folds up into a little square. It's only about a half inch or an inch thick, I guess, in that. It's really cool. So when I look out the peephole, there's a bitch there, and I got the Glock ready to blow somebody's brains out. I don't know what could happen to me. I really am in the middle of nowhere, and I don't want to get zipped all of a sudden unexpectedly if I could have prevented it. So I look out the thing. I put the gun in front of the door, and my point is is that I'll pull a gun off. I'll click off a few rounds right through the fucking door and kill whoever it is is maybe want to kill me. When I see it's a chick, I'm intrigued. I like it. And she's not a fatty. I don't like fat bitches. I don't like fat women. Nobody does. I don't care if they spend $2 trillion in commercials trying to make you believe that a fat woman is a human being, just like you and I. I don't give a fuck. I still don't buy it, and I don't want it. So I like what I see. And I open the door. Now, the minute I open the door, I tell her to stand there. And the point of that is this. I say, how are you? Would you mind standing there a second? I walk out into the yard that I have that's pretty much surrounded by woods. And there's a dirt road in front of my house. And that dirt road goes out to the main road about almost three quarters of a mile. And I come out of the house because I want to see where the dudes are. Where the African Americans are who haven't had a fucking fix in four days. Where the fucking, where anybody is, the Indians, the fucking Israelis, the, whatever they are out there, ready to jump your correspondent. Or even her fucking boyfriend who has an, as an, he's an addict and he needs money and she needs money. I always come out and look for wherever the fucking dude is. 
because there's going to be a dude there. They don't travel around without muscle. Old bitches travel around with muscle. That's the dude. They're all independent and free and capable until they're not, which is always, and there's some dude nearby that's going to defend them, their idiosities, their lunacy. And I look around the yard. Look at the fucking property line. I look down where my ultralight aircraft is sitting. I look the other way, and I said, are you alone? Did you come alone? Just tell me. I always say that. Just, you know, just tell me. Did you come fucking alone? Are you alone? It's pretty much simply the way I say it. Is there anybody else here with you? I don't want to be snuck up on. Even if she starts giving me head in the house an hour later, I don't want some fucking guy with a head like a basketball, totally bald and his eyes are bloodshot, and he's looking through the window at me because he came with her. It's always dangerous that way. So if you're going to come to my house, don't come to my house with some shit that you brought with you to try to somehow take me down. I also have two fucking MAC-10s, and they're always loaded. I will fucking cut this house in half with the MAC-10s to defend myself. I don't care where they are. Cut the fucking house in half, shooting whoever possibly could injure me. I just will. So she said, no, I came alone. And I say, what do you want? Why are you here? You lost? Your car break down? What are you doing here? What do you want here? You selling something? You working with a company? You going door to door? Mechanical issues? I ask all kinds of fucking questions like that. I don't know. And the woman seems actually kind of sweet. She says, no, I'm not none of those things. I was looking for a guy named Norm. I said, why do you want the guy named Norm? What is he? I'll tell him I'll give him a message. What is it? She said, I don't want to give him a message. I want to meet him. I said, what about? She said, I just want to meet him. Listen to him. I like him. I said to her, you listen to him? You're a female. You listen to Norm. She said, yeah. So that's when I started to get softer. Looked around a little more. Looked up. Looked behind the house. Walked over the property line. Looked at someone was hiding there. One time living here, I found a flashlight on the property line from the heavy woods. Which means someone was walking along the edge and dropped their flashlight. Or was laying face down or on their back or something or side. And had a flashlight with them to do something some ill intent on your correspondent. The flashlight. I was alert for days on that with the flashlight because I knew what was going on. She said, no, I just wanted to meet him. So I asked her to come in. She came in. She was good looking. I'm telling you, good looking. So my message is getting out. If you're ugly, if you're a dog, if your fucking head is thinning because you've been dyeing your hair jet black, Kim Kardashian, color number fucking 10, if you've been dyeing your fucking hair like that, and you're bald, get out of here. I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't want a bald woman. I don't want any idea of a woman who comes off and is competing with a man. I want a female. Are you, can you be that? You have long fucking red nails that there isn't dried cum under them? I'm interested. I don't want anything else. You have to be all female. If I could do an instant criminal record check on you, I would. So I invite her in, and we start talking. And she asked me if she can have some of the weed that I have. She can smell it, and I got it cooking. And I said, sure, go ahead. And the whole time she's there talking, now she, I mean good looking, blonde hair, it doesn't look damaged. And it doesn't look dyed. I look deeply at the root when they're sitting in front of me. There's a lot of blondes in Michigan because of Finn, Finland. They all came here, and they're all in the UP, and they bled down to the lower peninsula. There's all kinds of blondes here if you want a real blonde. And some bimbo that dyes her hair from black to blonde or whatever she can get fishing for dick it's like a fishing net they're out there netting looking for fucking fish net goes bad they just got a 
repair the fishing net. It's like fucking repair, change your hair color, come back. It's just like that. Same kind of shit. So she's a real blonde. I like her. I like the way she's talking. When she smiles, I don't see any black fucking teeth. When she talks, I don't hear a burned out voice. It's burned out and musky. This laughing bar voice that you might hear from a bitch who spends a lot of time at a bar laughing and smoking and burns her voice out and turns into fucking Kim Husky. I don't want that burned out voice box. I just don't want it. No man wants that. She passes every test. And even look at her toes. She's got open sandals on. If I'd have seen one fucking toenail fungus on her toes, I'd have known she was fucking into fucking. Even one or two imply, because it's it's hard to get toenail fungus. It's very contagious. Usually toenail fungus is given to a woman because she's on, some guy's on top of her, his toenails are hitting her toenails, and it's transferred to her toenails, the toenail fungus. And I look at toenails to see how often this person fucks, how much she's into fucking. I look at the toenails. She passes the toenail test. She passes the teeth test, the hair test. I'm looking for a meth face or any kind of marks on her face. She passes that. I kind of like her. When I start drinking, say, bourbon, or I'm doing more dope, or I do, or I fucking cook up the heroin, whatever I do, and I start to feel I want to do that now, I now realize I feel more comfortable with this person. They've passed. But still at the same time, I'm looking out the windows back and forth, like a wanted man, like I'm Clyde Barrow. I'm looking out the windows all the time, waiting for someone to kill me, because like I said, I don't know who came with her. I also have two fucking Mac-10s with extended clips, and I will cut this house in half to keep myself fucking breathing. Just cut it in half, bullet, like a fucking saw with the bullets. Get it cut in half. I'll do that. I would do that. I would do that to you, maybe. Your bitch. And you nobody knows how lousy your bitch was, how horrible she was. Only person that does know is you. Keep it to yourself. So, she passes all this shit. And I feel good enough to ask her to go out on my Argo Frontier. Because I was going to go out anyways, after the fucking ultralight. I was feeling good. I fucking cum-dusted all those chicks at the fucking private school. I cum-dusted. I blew my load out. I flew around a little bit, came back, emptied my fucking payload. I'm like a guy in World War II dropping his fucking missiles, his bombardiers, whatever he's doing, and he's got an empty load and he's coming back now, and he feels real good. Feels all American. That's what I feel like when I come back. I was feeling good, pumped up. So I say to her this, you know, Let's give her a different name. I don't, I don't know what her, let's just give her some simple name like Kim. So now I don't mean Kim like some Oriental. I'm not talking about Kim like some Asian. Now that might have been a Freudian slip. I'm not talking about an Asian who fucking nearly killed half of our population. I'm not talking about anything like that. And I just don't want to go there even in any way. Asian hate or whatever that shit is. I'm not talking about that kind of person, that kind of Kim person that would eat anything that there is, fucking eyeballs from a worm, fucking moth wings crunched up and put on top of spaghetti like fucking ground up fucking cheese. I'm not talking about the person who eat anything who, or who nearly wiped out this country with that fucking disease, fucking contagion. But we'll still call her Kim. So I say to Kim this, I'm feeling good. You know, I got an Argo Frontier. I was going to go out 
I got 100 acres here. I was going to go out in the woods, look around. I was going to take the metal detector with me. I've got some new areas I wanted to search. I said, you're welcome to go with me. You know, by the way, I asked her the one suspicious part where her car was. And she didn't have a car. She said she had thumbed it. Now, that's a red flag always. Always know that. That's a red flag, she said. She thumbed it and asked questions, triangulated, did other stuff. That's that's kind of a red area warning sign, really. So I say to Kim, you want to go out in the Argo Frontier with me? I was going to go out with a metal detector, survey the land, see what I see. I don't usually wear clothes, I said to her, when I go out. I go out, I drive the Argo Frontier. Now, the Argo Frontier is a six-wheel fucking vehicle. It's got a fiberglass body. It's got six rubber wheels. The rubber wheels are huge, and there's big fins on them. There's big fins on the wheels because the Argo Frontier can travel through water, lakes, rivers, and streams. It uses the tires as like a propeller to move it through the water, like an outboard motor. It's got uh, two sticks on it, two chrome-plated or stainless steel sticks. And I say sticks, I mean that's how you make it go forward, backwards, left or right. You just pull or push on these handles, pull them back. And the fiberglass body goes over an 18-horsepower engine with this gigantic clutch. I worked on this thing. It's just wonderful. I say to Kim, would you like to go out on the Argo Frontier, 18-horsepower all-terrain vehicle? And I said, I'm going to bring a bunch of weed and shit, the metal detector. And I said, I don't usually drive on it with any clothes on, but I do have a cape. Now, I had the cape given to me as a gift. What is this word they say? Gifted? The cape was given to me as a gift, and I love it. I love to wear the cape as I drive the Argo Frontier. I mean, there's, I'm doing fucking 30, 40 miles an hour. The thing's bouncing all over the place because of the huge bouncy air tires, balloon tires. And the cape is billowing behind my neck. It's like flapping and billowing. I sort of like the noise it makes because I think this. Maybe it'll scare brown bears away, black bears away, wolverines away. Those are like three of the most vicious animals you could ever encounter in the upper northern Michigan woods. You just don't want to see them. Occasionally, they've even said there's one or two grizzly bears here. And on top of that, there's a legend or a myth here that says there is an Apache tribe up here in these woods that left the Old West a long time ago when they were being persecuted by the white man. They came over here to upper northern Michigan and even in the UP, and they live in the woods, and they're dangerous. So I always carry a gun with that in case some fucking guy in his squaw shows up that I can fucking zip them before they scalp me. You You just don't know. Always in a myth or something like that, some legend. There's some bit of truth to it. So I tell her. I especially told her I, I don't go out with any clothes on. Now, I like her legs. I don't see any cellulite. She's got little golden hair. She's wearing shorts on her thighs and on her legs. The legs look good. The thighs look good. And I tell her, always go out with any clothes on. She said, let's go. I'm in. I'm, let's go. I liked that right away. As soon as she said, let's go, or I'm in, I don't know exactly what she said. As soon as she said that, I could feel myself popping a rod. I was popping a rod while Kim was there, and she said, let's go. She was all in. She wanted to go on the Argo Frontier with me out in the woods. I'm going to take the metal detector. I was going to be naked, have all my dope. I take along my little foam sandwich. It looks like a sandwich. In the foam sandwich, there's a little flask. You unscrew the lid, 
of the flask, and when you put it over your mouth, it looks like you're taking a bite into the foam sandwich. It's got bread and fake meat and lettuce in it, but you're really having a drink of bourbon. I got that. I got my fucking coffee spiked with peppermint schnapps. It's just going to be a good time now. I had just got done blowing my load, fucking cum dusting the entire fucking private school, the girl on fucking headstand Monday. I just done that. And now I'm looking at the possibility of more pussy. You see how easy it is with pussy? You just got to be genuine. You got to be yourself. You got to be loosey-goosey. And you have to be Norm Augustinus. And you're not that part. But you'll have to work on that. You'll have to develop your own brand, the person you are. Uh, you can't, you just can't be me. Sorry. So she said, yes, I'm in. So as I'm standing there, she drops her fucking shorts. She drops this shirt that had a, I think it was Peter Frampton, uh, old, you know, like a remake, uh, t-shirt. She drops the shirt. She's got her bra on. Now the bra has wire. You ever, they, I don't know if they make wire bras anymore. Wire lined bra. And the reason it's wire lined is her tits are fucking enormous. I mean, these are monster fucking basketballs. These are fucking Buscemi's large submarines. People in Detroit know that, what that would mean. They're huge fucking subs, balloons, galoon, whatever you want to call them. They're gigantic. And she's got a wireline bra on and the wire in the bra from the top, say above her tits. That wire has got to be steeled because I see that the wire is rusting and leaching the rust down into the bra. Now it looks kind of artsy in a way that I like very much. I, the, the way the rust is leaching into her bra would imply that, man, this girl does a lot of perspiring. This girl's got some hot tits. She's perspiring probably because she's turned on. She's doing a lot of fucking. Her fucking sex machine is in prime working order. The sweat's dripping off her tits, hitting the wires built into her giant fucking Timu.com bra that she might have got for a fucking dollar. That's what the chink sells it for. It, and it's rusting, these rust stains leaching down the bra. It's like a tie-dyed bra. I'd never seen it before. It's like this chink was handed the things that Norm Augustinus would like so she could ensure her odds with me to get whatever equals, to get the payoff, the grand finale, whatever she wants to get it. She knew these inside things. It was like a tie-dyed bra, only it was rust, leaking from the wire that was inside her cups. They would they would embrace her cups because her tits were so big. Big wire-lined bras, big-titted women use. Wire-lined bras to hold those tits in control, to hold them in order. And it was rusting. And I could see that her nipples were pushing through. Now, when she took the bra off, I wanted to, I wanted to see this. You're going to see, what did you want to see, Norm? Is you're going to go out in your Argo Frontier, your all-terrain machine with six wheels. What did you want to see? When she took her wireline, tie-dyed, rusted-out bra, because of perspiration and shit, maybe even cum hitting the top of her tits and leaking down and causing the wire lining in the bras to hit that and rust leached down. I wanted to see as she took her bra off and it slowly came off, I wanted to see pink nipples, pink areolas. Now why did I want to see that? Now I know that's pushing it. I mean I'm I'm a grown up. I understand how fucking life works. But why did I want to see that in the man's mind, in the man's imagination, in his mind of fucking 
what he could have heart of hearts, what he would hope for and desire. I wanted to see pink nipples, pink areolas, because that would imply that the woman has never been pregnant. Never been pregnant. That's what happens. Whenever you take a chick's bra off and you see brown areolas, brown nipples, this bitch has produced a child somewhere. There's a kid somewhere, there's some dude working in a factory to send her money so she can pay for that kid. She found a way out. It's all trouble all the way. But they didn't care at this point. When she took her wireline bra off, extremely made custom, maybe even for jumbo, massive fucking melons. When she took it off, the nipples were not pink. They were darker, which means she had a kid somewhere down the line. But I was already pretty, pretty fucking toasted. I was from doing the dope and other shit and blowing my load and flying over the fucking all-girls school and doing my cum dusting with my ultralight aircraft. I was beyond the reasonable, the, the point of reason, but the body on this woman. And she delivered herself to my fucking door. Now, this isn't made up. This isn't a script. This isn't something fucking you'd read in some fucking old magazine. What's it called? Steer Mag Inc. Steer Mag Inc. is an adult magazine. They got all kinds of fucking bitches in it. It's really cool. They're pumping all kinds of animals. It's called Steer Mag Inc. It's a hard to get magazine. I don't look at it often, but when I have, I thought, wow, isn't that something? Isn't that creative? But when she took her clothes off, her tits were beautiful. Her thighs were magnificent, and she knew it. Even had a pubic mound. I don't care much for chicks who cut off their pubic mound. I don't like that. They want to appear younger than they are, like you're pumping out a 14-year-old. I like a like a pubic mound there, like I found this thing in the woods, it's it's still alive, it's still kicking about, it's her pubic mound, this wild fucking area between her legs, I found her, I flipped over, I fucked her, and she tried to get away, and I captured her, I kind of like all that, I like pubic hair for in that regard. This girl was stunning. I mean, one of the finest pieces of pussy I've ever seen in my life, and it walked itself to my door, and it was exciting. I was gone. It was too late. It didn't matter if she had black nipples at that point. If she had 15 kids, I was fucking gone. This happened to me. This is 100% true. So we walk out naked. I put my cape on. And while she's helping tie the cape, she said, I'll tie that for you. She's standing in front of me, tying the cape without any fucking clothes on. She's still got these like flip-flop shoes on. While she's tying the cape, I can smell a kind of mix of perfume and pussy. You ever hear of ebony and ivory? Well, I could smell, I don't know what that has to do with this. I could smell pussy in perfume. And it mixes perfectly. It's like it was by design. Perfume and pussy, this stench of it, mixes together to create a fucking Mike Tyson-like punch on your fucking head of reason, any, any reason. The reason's gone. It's a Mike Tyson punch. It's like this fiery fucking ball of stench and perfume. It's all together, congealed together, spinning the atoms, the molecules, and it hits you in the fucking head like a the biggest snowball made out of ice you could ever imagine. And I'm thoroughly, you know, I'm thoroughly entranced and, and intrigued and everything else. One time a woman wrote me and said, or she tweeted it. She she did something. I think she tweeted it. She said, I am intrigued by Norm Augustinus. I thought, you know, that sounds nice and shit, but it also sounds campy and stupid. I didn't care for it. I am intrigued. What intrigued? Come on over, get a ticket, get on all fours, and I'll bang you from the rear. Afterward, we'll just have some hot pockets, some potato chips, and do a lot of dope. 
was intrigued. I mean, I didn't, couldn't connect with it. So we get on the Argo frontier. She's naked. And I know she's turned on because as I'm sitting on, it's a bench seat. There's a bench seat in the front, a bench seat in the back. It's a fiberglass bench seat. It's a whole fiberglass upper portion. It's been poured, the top port part of this car, from the dash to the fucking front end to the back end. It's a one-piece fiberglass thing with a front bench and a back bench seat. When she gets on the bench, it's an off-yellow seat, and we're talking a little bit, and I haven't started the thing up. I loaded it up with a metal, metal detector and all my other shit, my peppermint schnapps, my fucking sandwich with a bourbon in it, my fake sandwich, my fucking Glock I put in the opening that's not really a dash, but there's an opening in the dash. I put that there in case we come across an Apache Drive so I don't get scalped, she don't get scalped, and I can take them the fuck out and maybe fuck the squaw on top of it while I take them out. I'm not sure. So while she's sitting on a seat and I start to move the Argo Frontier, it rocks back and forth. You're going to think this is bullshit. You're going to think this isn't true. You're going to think, what kind of life do I have when you hear me tell you this? You're going to say this. I got a shit life. My God, I don't know why I don't go in the room right now and cut myself with a straight razor. I don't know what I'm doing after hearing what I'm going to tell you now. As the thing slowly starts to move, it moves a little bit. You know, it's bouncing around left and right. We're not really moving fast, a couple miles an hour. Her vagina is leaking vaginal lubricants like you can't believe. She's that turned on to Norm Augustinus. Now, the cunt don't lie. If she was there with an ulterior motive, if there was a dude in the woods, if there was four or five fucking Farouks in the woods, four or five fucking Indians, or fucking six or seven African Americans, some white motherfuckers, whatever was there to do me harm, I don't believe we're there. Because this chick was genuinely turned on. Kim. Kim was turned on. The cum was running from the left side to the right side. It was just rolling like liquid mercury in a thermometer bubble. It was rolling back and forth on the fucking bench seat, and it was coming out of her cunt. She was that turned on to me. She was that fucking horny. You ever meet anybody that horny? I mean, she hitchhiked with the idea of fucking me. She walked with the idea of fucking me. And now it came true. It was being ferociated. And she was so turned on that the juices coming out of her fucking cauldron, the dark area, the black area in her fucking mind and her torso, the juices coming out of there that were preparing itself for my dick. This is a stew being prepared for the meat. You know, make this stew and eventually you put the meat in that you're cooking on the stove. That's what it was. This were the juices and it was time for my dick. That's what it was being made for. Custom made for my dick. As we start driving now, I'm picking up. I can't believe it. I put my hand to the right and rested on the bench seat. When I pick my hand up, it's dripping in vaginal juices. The stuff that lubricates the cunt for the dick to make the dick go uneasy. It's dripping. Looks like a fucking monster film or something like that. Like I've put my hand into some goo and I'm wondering what it is. Some fucking thing from a ghost or something. And it's stuff that's come out of her cunt. And I'm looking at it and loving it. What's that thing I say? Love it, look at it, take your time paying for it. I'm doing all those fucking things. And we go into the woods. I go past my property line. I'm going pretty quick. We're smoking some dope. We're having a good time. She's drank off my fucking fake foam sandwiches with a lettuce, my sandwich with a lettuce and the meat and all that. And as we're driving, I kind of lost track where I was and I'm going really fast. All of a sudden, 
while we're laughing, while I can smell her pussy, smell her perfume mixing with the pussy, seeing her beautiful jugs. I mean, look like a fucking 10, like a model out of a, out of some porn magazine. Watching her jugs bounce up and down, and there was perspiration actually dripping off the nipples, like they were open taps on a maple tree. While we're doing that, we're laughing, and I'm enjoying the day the Lord has given me. While we're doing that, all of a sudden, everything goes black. Just for a second, I hear a noise, a big kind of a bang noise. Everything goes black, and then I wake up. I don't know how long it was. A minute later? Three minutes later? I don't know. I think I woke up pretty fast, but everything went black, sound, everything. I heard a noise, like a boom. When I woke up, I had somehow driven into a fucking hole that must have been, I'd say, 20 feet deep. A hole 20 feet deep that I never knew was there before. 20, maybe 25 feet deep. That I had no recollection or understanding or never came across this hole ever. And I don't know if it was something to do with a root cellar in some old house. I don't know if it was some old fucking an Indian bear trap. Like I told you, they have Indians up here. They think... Apache Indians, actual Apache Indians, dangerous. They've heard them singing and they've seen fires at night up here. I don't know if it's an Apache Indian bear trap, but I had driven the fucking Argo Frontier six-wheel machine with the balloon tires. I had driven it. I don't even say driven. I had driven. I drove over it and we fell into it. I didn't see any hole. And when we hit everything, we blacked out. Everything went dark, like when you hit your head suddenly. Everything went black, slow motion, and the whole thing. And when we woke up, I saw she was to the right and in the hole. And I saw that I was on top the Argo Frontier, where you would consider the front of the car. I was on top of that because it was pushed into the wall of this big hole, and I was laying on top of it. Now, we're both naked. My cape is there, still around my neck. I see the fucking sandwich, my foam sandwich, laying on the left side of me. I see the fucking thermos of fucking peppermint schnapps and coffee it's over to the right of her her slippers are missing these fucking flip-flops she's laying on the right in the dirt and we had fallen into a hole but as i looked down at her at this woman at kim even though this happened now i've said this to myself before i once was committed to a nut house it was the pontiac state mental institution it actually was called the pontiac state mental it was for the criminally insane it was in pontiac for the criminally insane. You can look it up. I actually stayed one night in there before I was released the next day. And I remember staying the night there and looking out the window. It was had bars on it. And I said, this too will pass. I'm going to learn from this. I told myself that, even in that situation of being committed. And then I'm in this hole, and I think the same thing. I looked down at her, and she looked so beautiful with mud on her and dirt. It was dirt on her face and her ass cheeks, these fucking beautiful cakes, and she's kind of laying on her side, and her hair, which was blonde, was all disheveled, but she still looked gorgeous and had dirt on her, and I said that to myself. Sure as shit, I said it came automatic. I didn't have to think. This too will pass, Norm, and you'll laugh about it. You're not dead. She's not dead. Look at Kim. Look how beautiful she is. And we were in the hole, and I kind of appeased myself with that kind of thinking. Now, my idea was that we'd stand in the Argo Frontier, and I'd get climb out, I'd get to the top, we'd go back home. But you couldn't get to the top. There were some roots growing out the side of the wall. I grabbed those roots, and when I pulled on them, they broke off. I tried to give her, 
on my shoulders, and I did get her on my shoulders, but she wasn't that tall, about five foot two. I'm six foot three. I couldn't get her to the surface, but I got to tell you something. I'm starting to pop a rod right now. I'm wondering if I should fucking continue this. This is turning into personal porn for your correspondent, Norma Augustinus. As I looked up, she's on my shoulders. As I look up, I can see her fucking brown eye and her cunt. And the cunt is dripping that same kind of seepage it was on the chair. And as I look up, I'm getting it in my eyes and going blind. And I see all kinds of fucking colors. And I have this different smell. It's like I'm on an acid trip. I can't see. I see different colors from her pussy juices. And I can't say that I didn't like it. I I did like it. And look at her asshole and her cunt and the drippage and the thighs and understanding the complexity of their torso and the eggs and the fallopian tubes and her vulva and her cervix is all up there. And it's all mine because she wanted me, because she came to see me as I'm looking up there. Now, we couldn't get out. I even stood on her shoulders. And when I stood on her shoulders, she allowed me to do that. There were some roots that I could grab to steady myself coming out the wall of the hole. This big fucking bear trap-like thing. She looked up and saw my balls. And she saw my dick. And she said in the sweetest voice with this beautiful blonde hair, she said, I've never seen such a big dick. It's wonderful. It's lovely. Can you imagine that? It's wonderful. It's lovely. I had never seen such a big dick, she said. And I think I had dick drip because I wanted to fuck her so bad. That's that pre-seminal solution that comes out your dickhead before you fuck. I think it neutralizes female urine because you're going to put the dick in. It neutralizes it, prepares everything for sperm getting the egg. But she said that. When I let go and we were there and I came down, we started to hug. There's the Argo Frontier. It's broken up. But we're standing to the right of it, and we're hugging in this fucking bear trap. Whatever it was. Root cellar, bear trap, deep. 25 feet deep or so. We were hugging the most beautiful body you ever saw. I didn't care. I had everything I needed right there. I had dope. I had bourbon. I had peppermint schnapps and coffee. I had a fucking Glock. I had everything I needed. And her big hairy pussy. She was all mine. I was all hers. Now, we were in there till Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We were there till Thursday when somebody came across us. Now, they came across me because they ran a a drone over top the hole. Now, people will do that up here. They'll illegally hunt bear. They'll illegally hunt deer. And they'll use drones to see where they're hurting, where they're at. And it's it's illegal, and it gives them an unfair edge. That drone flew over the hole that we were in from Tuesday to Thursday, and then we got help. We ended up seeing a ranger. We heard cars come, thanks to the drone that was looking for to kill illegal, illegally kill deer and bear and wolverines or whatever else they wanted to kill and skin or tax take to a taxidermy. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. You know, you can't you can't live without water or liquid. Three days is it. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We were there three days. And I wasn't feeling good by the next day because we drank everything up and alcohol actually dehydrates you. It doesn't work as a water in any way with your body. So I had done this study years ago, a long fucking time ago, about how can you get milk? I presented this as a paper when I was going for my, when I went to Vassar College. I presented it as a paper on how to get milk out of a bitch's tits because that's what they are. They're, they're milk bags 
for they make milk and they're in a bitch's tits and the female may make tits and you could suck on them and and I submitted this paper to Vassar when I was going there on how to get the tits to turn on even though the woman's not pregnant and that's what I did here this is what how I survived this is what Norm Augustinus did to survive this ordeal this incident you can say what'd you do well I did a study amongst I think at that time I had five or six women. You could get all kinds of volunteers when you went to Vassar. All you had to do was give them $5 a day or a gift card or pay for their dinner card, whatever you wanted to do. And they would volunteer thinking it was something special, that they were part of something. My paper said this. If you could make a crying noise, a baby noise, if you could make a baby noise, I said for approximately 12 straight hours that this would screw the woman's mind up psychologically. The subconscious would think there was a baby in the area and the body's ultimate goal, its ultimate prime directive, number one directive is for life. That's what the human being is. Everything on earth, you know, you've got a fucking drop of water. Something's growing in it. That's how Earth is. And I said in my paper that if you could get a, have a woman listen to a baby cry for up to 12 hours straight, that the tits would turn on and they'd start lactating, that milk would come out the tits even though the woman didn't have a baby because the subconscious mind was hearing a baby and believed it because the subconscious mind can't make fucking draw conclusions it can't it can't this is right this is wrong it just is and once it hears that baby crying it turns the tits on to feed the nearby baby because that is the directive of life of being a part of something on this planet it's life at all costs nothing else matters keep it going that's how it works that's our lord or whoever that's the directive the primary so that's what i did because we ran out of liquid because we were drinking alcohol and it's a dehydrator, not a hydrator, I started my paper that I submitted when I went to Vassar. And I, all I did was extensive baby crying. Yes, she didn't like it. Yes, it was irritating. Yes, she asked me to stop. Yes, she thought I was insane and wondered why she had hitchhiked and came to my house in the first place. But once we had results, she realized that she was with a fucking master, a person who had a grip on this life, who understand how shit works, the dynamics, the unseen magic. She realized it to be such. I was crying for about 12 hours. I had no voice left. And all of a sudden, she says to me this. There's milk coming out of my tits, Norm. I said, what do you mean? She said, they're sensitive and they feel big and heavy. And she said, I see milk coming out the ends, dripping out. I said, it works. Holy fuck, it works. She said, what works? I said, you see that crying? I told you what I was trying to do. You thought I was maybe nuts. But I said, look at your tits. Look at your tits produce. Now, her tits were so big, so beautiful that she was able to bend them, and I helped her bend them, and I bent the tits in such a way around in a very, in a shape of a U so that she could drink from her tits until she was satiated. And I'd bend the other one so she could drink from that until she was satiated and had hydrated herself. And then I drank from the tits. Once the tits started seemingly getting less with milk, I did the crying again for another hour or two hours to keep it up, to prop it back up, to turn it on, to turn the valves up. And it worked. 
We were able to survive that ordeal because we didn't have water for three days. You can go like two weeks without food. You can only go three days without water. We didn't have water. We had alcohol and dope. That doesn't keep you going for the next day and the day after and the day after so that there's a future in front of you and that doesn't stop there. She couldn't believe it. Kim's chits responded to my crying. Her subconscious responded to my crying, and I realized that this chick was superior. This chick's mind was highly tuned. She was a machine, and I, she had come to my door. She had come to my door, motherfucker. Not some goddamn bimbo that you know who's working at fucking Wendy's and she's cooking big fucking baked potatoes. Not some bitch like you know who's shoveling out all kinds of fucking chew at a 7-Eleven. She works behind the counter. This chick was something superior, something special. We lived on her milk. The drone saw us in there. The drone called the fucking warden. I don't know why they did. They were using it illegally. They're not allowed up here. Unless they're manned and the person is standing within 50 feet of the drone. That's the rule up here. And this person saved us by calling the warden, the game warden. They showed up. We were down there. Now, we were totally naked. And I remember the warden saying to the other people, where are your clothes? And I said, when we fell into this bizarre mystery hole, this fucking bear trap, this Comanche, this Comanche bear trap, this fucking root cellar, this canning cellar that's from, from 200 years ago, our clothes were torn off as we went into the hole. We had some wind and must have blown away. Isn't her panties on the edge up there? We saw them a little while ago. But I was able to survive that. And had I not done that, had I not drank the milk from her tits, turned her tits on, worked with her subconscious, fooled her mind into believing that she had a baby nearby or she had a baby, it doesn't question the subconscious, it just is. We wouldn't have drank from her tits. We wouldn't have been fulfilled. We wouldn't have been able to carry on without her tit milk. That's wonderful. I still have stains of her fucking nipple juice. The nipple liquid, it tastes a little sour. It's not really milk. I still have the stains of it on the t-shirt I was wearing when I took this fucking thing off and I took a couple more hits when we went back to the house, when they helped us go back, put a shirt on, and I just kept taking hits of her tits till they stopped working. Give me just a second. I still got that shirt on, and here it is. I'm going to smell the milk right now. I can smell it, and I'm starting to pop one. I'm starting to pop a rod. This shit isn't a joke. This is fucking science, imbecile. Science. You've been listening to the one and only... My dick is enormous. There is no escape. We made it to Big Clock in cyberspace. It's dark out there in cyberspace. It's scary out there in cyberspace. You're out there in cyberspace. You're frozen with fear. You don't know what to do. You're looking up, you're looking down, you're looking to the right, you're looking to the left. It's windy out. You don't know what to do. You're frozen. 
till eventually and quite abruptly, you hear this distant chiming clock in the background, and you follow the chiming clock until it gets louder and louder and louder, eventually bringing you upon this brightly illuminated place in cyberspace. There's thousands of people there. They're holding hands. They're smiling. They've been waiting for you. There's that thing that brought you to this place in the first place. It's a tower. A hundred, hundred and fifty feet tall, brown bricks, tan mortar. Way at the top of this tower is a glass bezel. It's a clock. It's backlit. And above this is this chimey bell-like thing that brought you to this place in the first place. And you know why you're at this place in the first place. You're here to clear out your pains, your frustrations, your aches, your woes, your disappointments, your hurts, the person that died on you, the ramen noodles, you're sick of eating, the credit cards you can't pay off, the apartment you can't pay for, the house you think you'll maybe never own, the bitch who left you, the guy who left you. You're here to clear all those pains and frustrations out. And how do we do that? Well, the moment you heard my voice, you were instantly and automatically filled up with this highly absorbent orange-colored solution. It's been inside your body, sloshing about this entire recording. And now, at the end of this recording, we lie you gently down, we pop the corks in your toes, and all of that highly absorbent orange-colored solution comes gushing out of your body. Look at it. It's forming a small mini lake alongside you. It's orange colored. It's rusty. It stinks. It's toxic. We shake your feet getting out the last drops of highly absorbent orange colored solution and replace the corks in your toes. You can't believe how good you feel. You feel like you could go on another second, another minute, another day, another hour, another year. Maybe infinitely. It doesn't matter that a friend of yours is making $250,000 a year and lives in a $700,000 house. It doesn't matter that another friend of yours has got the best-looking bitch you've ever seen or another friend of yours has the best-looking dude you've ever seen. None of that shit matters. All that matters is how good you feel right now. You know you can feel this good anytime you want to, anytime you're in duress, anytime you feel like you can't go on another second. All you gotta do is think of the big chiming clock in cyberspace where you meet your pal, your friend, Norm Augustinus, and instantly and almost automatically you feel refreshed and clear. You know the best part of this recording, the most important part of this recording, at least to me, is that for one hour we were friends. Friend, I enjoyed myself. I hope you did too. Write me, normaugustinus at gmail.com. Tune in again for another exciting episode from the amazing mind of Norm Augustinus. Dear Mona, I have invented a dildo that will polish rocks. Let me explain. My dildo is 14 inches long. All a bitch has to do is unscrew the back of my dildo, drop in a couple of rocks, and add my unique rock polishing compound. When the woman frantically moves the dildo in and out of her hot, hungry pussy, the rocks inside the dildo get beautifully polished, thanks to the insane in-and-out motion and my rock polishing cream. Girls of all ages who purchase my rock polishing dildo can sell her polished cunt rocks door-to-door in front of a Walmart or online and make a lot of money. 
It's the best side hustle for chicks there is. Mona, do you remember when my huge dickhead slammed into your cervix the time we fucked in the trunk of your grandmother's Mercury Grand Marquis? I gotta go. Have a nice summer. Love, Norman. P.S. The polished cunt rocks smell like pussy, which makes them very valuable. Mona, I bumped into your big-titted little sister at the park. She was flying a kite. I tied a fat dick-like stick to the string that your big-titted little sister was holding on to. The string was connected to her high-flying kite. I inserted the fat dick-like stick with a kite string tied onto it into her tight, wet pussy. And as the kite moved high above, your big-titted little sister came again and again from the intense, varied vibrations that traveled down the kite string and into her delicious cunt. This is the NYPD Helicopter Park Police. Please do not control your kites by using your cunt. If the stick comes out of your cunt, the stick could impact someone's face. That is all. Have a nice day at the park. I'm flying my kite with my cunt. It feels so good. I've had a dozen orgasms. I love coming to the park to fly my kite. Ah. When you're walking down the halls and your balls hit the walls, it's a rupture.